I'll confess, I spend way too much time online. You might too. But even if you don't, you've probably seen the revolving door of content that cycles across your timeline. And if you're lucky, or unlucky, you might have even become content yourself. Maybe a tweet blows up, or your post gets more likes than you have actual friends. But these days on the internet, 15 minutes of fame can sometimes feel more like 15 seconds of fame. You go viral, and then the internet moves on, and you're stuck with an inconvenient number of followers. Today on Eclipsed, we're talking about one of those moments that blew up, broke a world record, and made the news. An egg is now the most popular thing on Instagram. An account called the Egg Gang. It holds the record now for most likes. This dethroned Kylie Jenner. Then it was quickly forgotten in the churn and chum of the internet. Today, on this wormhole episode, I'm joined by a fellow journalist and internet native and friend. So I'm Taylor Lorenz, and I'm a tech and internet culture writer. Taylor has covered everything from influencers to crypto to squishmallows, so there's no better person to help us break down this moment in internet history. We'll unpack how this photo beat Kylie Jenner at her own game and why maybe we should all be a little bit more like this egg. That's after this break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We're back with journalist Taylor Lorenz, who's here to catch you up on all things egg. I'm familiar with the egg. I, I was I was online at the time. Can you please tell us, for people who might not know, what is the egg? Yeah, the world record egg was an Instagram account that posted a single photo of an egg and initiated a contest to make it the most liked photo of all time. Previously, the most liked photo of all time was an image of Kylie Jenner, and I think her daughter. They wanted to surpass this and make this random egg the most liked photo of all time, and it succeeded for a brief moment. Did you actually talk to the person behind the Instagram egg? Yeah, I talked to them on Instagram DM, and then they screwed me over and did an interview with the New York Times instead of... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Irony of ironies. It's just like... The most clout chasey thing to do ever. And like, they, no offense to the New York Times. Obviously, I work there now. Well, first of all, this account is not in any way novel. Like, there were so many of these types of accounts. It was a whole trend. I actually wrote about that um, in a separate article about kind of these like same post every day or like, can we make this picture of a toaster like the most shared of all time? Or can we make this Instagram page that only posts Hellman's ketchup every day, the most followed Instagram of all time? They're basically just like viral challenges made by a lot of teenagers and like viral marketing type people. And Chris Godfrey, who made the Instagram egg, was was a marketing person in the UK. He was just an advertising person. 
But yeah, I was just obsessed with like the race to monetize it because every time somebody starts to get a little bit of clout on the internet, everyone wants to, you know, make money off them or quote, you know, quote unquote, help them make money. But they didn't end up monetizing at all. They turned it into a mental health awareness page. I see. But there were all these people that wanted to monetize it. So that's what I wrote about this campaign by Fuck Jerry, uh, creator Jerry, that basically had this proposal out. They they wanted to make it like an anti-Trump page. It, it feels like the internet has shifted like um, in a real concrete sense, even since like 2019. And before that, like, you know, how long has the idea that you should monetize your Instagram posts or whatever been around? Like, it hasn't been that long, right? Well, monetizing content, obviously YouTubers have done that before Instagrammers, but it it was, I would say monetizing your Instagram feed has been a thing since maybe 2012, mm -hmm. um, 2013, definitely by 2014, 2015, there were tons of people monetizing. That's when Instagram introduced video in 2013. Mm -hmm. And by 2014, all the Viners were on there and meme accounts like Fuck Jerry and stuff and the Fat Jew were blowing up and monetizing. But it, I don't think it was totally normalized until like 2016, 2017, the peak of that whole mm -hmm. like Instagram aesthetic boom and sponsored content boom. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess the other question I have is maybe the, the big question is like, do you think the egg was important? I would say it was more indicative of a time period. And I only say no, because like no one has talked about that egg since. Like it was one of these novelty things that happens online and they kind of squandered the moment a little bit. I mean, what they've done with it is really lovely. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I just mean they didn't go like full nihilist and just sell, you know, sell the page out like, like most people would. They've really tried to use the opportunity to talk about mental health, which is a noble thing to do. The, the egg was just one of many, many, you know, thousands, if not more, accounts like that. And the, I think I called them like challenge accounts, but it's very much like, hey, guys, let's all manipulate the algorithm uh, to make this the most shared thing, make this the most liked thing, make this the most followed page, whatever. So I guess, can you tell me what was going on online at, around this time? Like, what was it? <laughs> I mean, take us back to February 2019. <laughs> Let me take you back, way back. I wrote this story, I think, in January of 2019. It was really still an Instagram world, and people were just off the, the sponsored content boom. So, you know, 2016, 2017, and 2018, but fading was this like boom in sponsored content. And that's when people started to really understand the idea of influencers. So every single headline was like something viral, usually shitting on influencers because suddenly everyone seemed to be doing sponsored content on Instagram. And it was this like really, really highly curated Instagram aesthetic. Kylie Jenner was emblematic of that, right? Like when you're thinking of the the quote unquote like Instagram influencer era of that like peak, you know, curated aesthetic, like Kylie Jenner, she was like the role model for all of that. So, and she monetized that way with all the sponsored content and Kylie Cosmetics. By the end of 2018, you started to see these like much more like stunt accounts going viral that were a reaction to that. I wrote a story actually just a couple months after this egg called The Instagram Aesthetic is Over. And it was about pivoting away and people kind of rejecting that hyper curated nature mm -hmm. of 
Instagram. So this this was the beginning of Gen Z internet. If you think most of Gen Z people were born in like around the year 2000 or after, this is the year that they're like turning 18 or like really entering into like high school years. And so I think you just saw a lot of them embrace the internet in a different way. So you had a lot of young people, specifically teenagers, making these single serving accounts that were precursors to the egg that were basically the same thing. Can we make this stupid thing the biggest thing on the internet? And it was this rejection of the Kylie aesthetic and that like millennial internet, which was so curated. And so that egg just hopped on this trend because of the internet alchemy. And for whatever reason, this one was the one that got the most traction. Mm-hmm. And I think that story that I wrote about the end of the Instagram aesthetic, which was, I think I published it like April or May of 2019, so a few months later. And actually people were really trying to like come for me with that article. I don't know if you remember, but people were hating on me for it a lot and saying I was wrong. And I was not wrong, so I feel very vindicated. <laughs> but I think people were like, well, I don't see this yet in my feed, but but it's happening. Like, there's a shift. And I think that's like, TikTok was just beginning to take off. I wrote a story a couple months later after the Instagram aesthetic is over called TikTok Stars Are Taking Over the Internet. And it was about the fastest growing stars were TikTokers. And you know, that was still very early. Like we're talking pre-Hype House, pre-Charlie, pre-Addison, right? Like TikTok upended a lot of like the non-algorithmic curation, right? Like on Instagram, like followers are so important because they're the main distribution mechanism. Whereas on TikTok, it doesn't even matter if you have millions of followers, it's a signal to the algorithm, but ultimately the algorithm is the distribution method. Right, which is interesting because like... (laughs) TikTok is now, I think, the the most used social network in the U.S., um, which is, I think, really fascinating because you called it so early. Okay, the beginning of 2019 was the end of the Instagram aesthetic, and then we had the pandemic. Like, Mm -hmm. what, what do you think that changed about the internet? I think that what the pandemic did is sort of accelerate all of these shifts that had been happening for quite a while. Um... And one was obviously a rejection of this like hyper curated internet. I mean, because we were all at home, there was no more like hiding anything. And I think like everyone was forced to be really real. And also people just started to turn more and more to online entertainment. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't just TikTok, right? People watched more YouTube. People spent more time on Instagram. Obviously there's reels now. There's all these live streaming took off, I think. It's funny because people think that a lot of the stuff started with the pandemic or the pandemic was this turning point. But I think the turning point had happened years before and, and it happened quite a while before we were seeing this sh- these shifts. It's just that, that that moment was so big that it crystallized a lot of it. Mm-hmm. What do you think makes the egg sort of an eclipsed moment? You know, it's kind of an eclipsed moment because I I think, like, it was so viral and novel, but it just died really quickly. I think the hype died down once it was revealed who was behind it. I think so much of it was the mystery of who was behind it. And then when it turned out it was some marketing guy, people were like, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Um, You know, it was a little anticlimactic, I think, for Mm -hmm. for some people. People assumed that it was was a brand. And so when it was just some guy, people were like, oh, okay. Mystery solved. Um, And I think it just got eclipsed by all the other big stuff that happened. I mean, 
it's just hard to think of anything from 2019 as notable when we lived through 2020. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's a great point because the other thing is like the internet eclipses an event every week. <laughs> like every, yes. like every day on Twitter, there's a new main character and it like used to not be that way. It used to be like, you know, you'd have like a good like couple weeks, maybe a month in the spotlight uh, if you did something terrible or not terrible. Yeah. The churn rate is so fast now. Remember the Ellen selfie? Yes. Oh my God. I literally was talking to somebody about that recently because there was a painting of it at Twitter's headquarters. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was hilarious. uh, For those who are uh, unaware, it's the most liked tweet uh, on Twitter. It was. I don't think it still is. I think a BTS tweet is the most liked. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, there's 2020 onward for you. It's so funny. I wrote an article about Obama having a selfie stick and Obama using a selfie stick in like 2014. And like, oh my God, you know, the president is using a selfie (laughs) stick. Like how gauche. And it's so funny. It's so stupid now. And also the idea of a selfie stick is is so people don't even, I mean, who just take a selfie with your hand. Nobody uses the selfie stick anymore. I feel like except tourists. I mean, it was like months of conversation. Yeah, definitely weeks, sometimes months. I mean, Things would go on and on. The internet was so much smaller, Bijan. The I, I feel like the other thing that has changed underneath us is like the the way algorithms boost people now. TikTok is the best example of this, but I feel like even tweets are going way more viral than they used to. Twitter, there's so much churn on Twitter and people are so like, and there's like a viciousness to the internet. Like I feel like we're more in a meat grinder than, than we used to be. Um, Everything's just churning faster. And stunts like this are are actually really normal. And I don't think people care anymore. Like it just the egg seems like almost something from like 2008, you know, where it's like awesome sauce. Like, wow, this haha, we made this stupid egg, the most like photo of all time. You know, whereas now I just think everyone is like would be like, who gives a shit? I'm not participating in a marketing stunt. When we come back from the break, more on the incredible pain of going viral and how to profit from it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So as Taylor mentioned, a big issue of the egg was whether or not it was going to monetize. To whom would the egg declare allegiance? Because with the right brand or brain behind it, the egg could have made millions of dollars. But it didn't. Which raises the question. If the most famous egg can't cash in, who actually can? This is just goes back to the flaw of like this 
future that the tech people want to sell us, which is that you could make a living on the, on these platforms. You cannot make a living on these platforms, really, unless you're very rare cases can you make a living on these platforms. Right. Um, most people don't. And because of influencers, people think fame translates into money, but it doesn't. I, I actually think as more and more people go viral, like younger people recognize that better mm-hmm. than like millennials um, or like older people that I speak to at least. I think they still have this idea of like, well, you have 500,000 followers, so you're rich. It's like, no, you just have a modicum of online attention, which you probably have not been able to capture any value from. Right. And the other thing is like, now when things go viral, it's like, I feel like the assumption isn't like, oh, wow, that's so cool. It's like, oh, wow, why wasn't that me? Going viral has become democratic again, I think. Um, And I'm curious what you you think about that, if that's true or not, or if you've seen that, or I don't know. I mean, I think TikTok, I think it's democratic in the sense that I guess if you consider the output, algorithm democratized. I don't think it's like a fair algorithm, but I think that humans have less and less control over what goes viral. And so there's a novelty to it. And that's intriguing to people. You know what I mean? And so it feels like, like you said, it can be you. And and it didn't used to feel like that because you had to get so much traction. It was such an uphill climb because we were based on these like follow-based social networks where like you need people to subscribe mm-hmm. to you to see your content. And I guess there's still elements of that egg mentality where a collective, let's all do this thing to someone or an account for fun, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's all do this thing. There are these, like, collective movements online. It's just more, it's more like the community deciding and less, like, one person. Because fame is democratic now, it's very different now, which is to say, you know, like, you have all of the trappings of fame without any of the protections of, like, traditional yes. fame, which is... I think, you know, very difficult. Like some of my friends who have, you know, more than say a hundred thousand followers have an awful time on like every platform they're on. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. I was just doing some interviews for my book and I was interviewing all these Viners about this big meeting that they had where they wanted to, you know, get Vine to pay them. And they were actually like, no, it's not just that we wanted money. That was the whole media narrative. What we wanted was protection from harassment. Like a big thing that, that Viners wanted from the platform was like, we don't want to be on this platform anymore where people are vicious and terrible and mean all day long. And it's like really affecting our mental health and like the company's doing nothing. And it's funny how like that was just not part of the conversation in 2014 and is barely part of the conversation now. Mm-hmm. Um, is what a bad user experience it is the minute you get any kind of following. Like there's just, there's cruelty and then there's like clout chasing. Yeah. The way that we talk about harassment online now is like the dream is to get so famous that you don't have to be online anymore. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just my a, personal dream. Right. And it's it's a <laughs> it's a roundabout way of address like of you know talking about that specific issue. But I mean, I don't know. I think fame is, has not quite been totally universalized, but everyone gets their everyone will have their viral tweet or whatever. And it is a miserable experience um every time. I will just say the ironic thing is that all of this stuff we're talking about is what the egg talks about. The egg pivoted into a mental health page where they like literally encourage healthy, a healthier online world. So it's just, it's so funny that this egg ended up going that route. Like instead of going the like nihilist influencer route, it actually tried to draw attention to like all of the ways the internet is fucked up. I think the egg was this like rejection of that and this desire to 
manipulate the internet in, in different ways. It's like, let's exert some control and let's make this into something. So, the lesson from the world record egg? Algorithm influencers online cloud? Bad. Eggs and less screen time? Good. Special thanks to Taylor Lorenz for her internet expertise. Since we recorded this interview, Taylor got a new job. She's now a columnist for the Washington Post. Congratulations, Taylor. She's also currently writing a book called Extremely Online, so keep your eggs peeled for that. Next week, we've got a music history episode just for you from our producer, Lane. Eclipse is a production of Campside Media. It's hosted by me, Bijan Steven, and written by Michael Canyon Meyer. We're produced by Lane Gerbig and Joe Hawthorne. Archival research by Caitlin Rathie. We're fact-checked by Alex Yablon. Our production assistant is Allison Haney. Our engineer is Garrett Tiedemann. Our theme song is by Doug Slaywin. Our executive producers are me, Bijan Steven, and Michael, Dr. Eggman, Kenyon Meyer. The executive producers at Campside Media are Matt Scheer, Adam Hoff, Josh Dean, and Vanessa Gregoriadis. If you want to say hello or what's up, drop us a line at eclipsed at campsidemedia.com or tweet at us at eclipsedpod. And if you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Bijan Steven on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes. We also have a phone number. Leave us a message, pitch us a story, or tell us your nightmares. Give us a call at 949-490-2127. You might be featured on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time.